Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. Woo! My name is Patrick Rahal. I am a member of the New England Horror Writers, frequent guest of the Elm Street Kids Movie Club, occasional guest of Unchained, practicing Grey Jedi, and I am the Angry Nerd. I am joined today by Agent Nicole. She is Ironborn, the Lady of Comic-Cons and Warden of Geekdom. We are also joined, of course, by the conductor of the crazy train known as the Grand Guignol Network, Johnny Wolfenstein. Woo! I'm excited to be here on the inaugural episode, guys. Oh, we're excited to, uh, really nervous, to be here as well. I'm excited. <laughs> I am. I'm trying not to barf. Yeah, don't do that. If you do, point it at Patsy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I will. I would never do it to, on you, John. <laughs> <laughs> or the equipment. Or the equipment, yeah. Yeah, I, my share can be replaced. The equipment is a little more expensive. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are the newest addition to the Grand Guignol Network, and our show centers around the characters we love and love to hate that make up our favorite movies, books, TV shows, video games, and more. We are also going to encourage audience participation by creating fictional battles between characters that otherwise we would not get to see in direct conflict. And we want to hear from you. You can reach us at Throwdown Thursday Podcast, all one word, at gmail.com, where you can send us voicemails and your thoughts on our interpretation of characters, suggest characters you'd like to see us cover, and literally anything else that you'd like. You can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play, so when you tell your friends about the amazing new podcast you've just found out about, that's where they can find us. You can also find us on Facebook in the Throwdown Thursday Podcast group, and you can find both of uh, Nicole and I on Twitter. Uh, you can find me by searching my name at Patrick Rahal. And you can find uh, Agent Nicole by looking for her handle at Nick Tompkins. That's N-I-C-T-O-M-P-K-I-N-S. Yeah. On this program, it is our calling to cultivate and coordinate creative, confident, cooperative conversations containing cunning conclusions concerning captivating created characters, culminating in crazy conspiracies continued constantly by our charismatic, confident, confused constituency, Carrying a chorus of constructive and conservative criticism, casually cascading through a cacophony of classic and comical curse words, this confluence culminates in a calamitous carnival of core capabilities of the caring, chaotic, compassionate co-hosts. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) I have to listen to this every week. No, I won't do that. I won't do that. I know. I know what you're thinking. Christ on a crutch. This crap can't conclude quickly enough. I command you to quit your continuation of this criminal commission of continued cockery corrupting Castle Wolfenstein. That's a lot of hard C's in there. Yeah, and uh, I remember what you said about all those hard (laughs) C's. It was another hard C word that you did not bring up, but uh, with that being said... Let's take a moment to give you folks a little bit of background information about who we are with a segment that we like to call Getting Into Character, where we ask five random questions about absolutely anything. Uh, In future episodes, these questions will be asked of our guests, but for now, we'll ask each other. So, Nicole, would you like to ask or answer first? I will give you questions first. All right, you will ask me first. All right. Are Uh, you ready? I am uh, more than ready. Are you sure? I am positive. It took me forever to figure out some good questions. So my first question is, I know how much you love the Warriors. You love them so much. I do. But if there was a remake, who would be the dream cast of the new Warriors? Oh, Jesus. Um, Well, seeing as how I got to ask that of uh, Michael Beck, who played Swan, he said he would be played by either uh, Chris Hemsworth or uh, Chris Chris Pine. Pine. So Yeah, you were there. Um, so probably him. Um, you know, I think it would be interesting to see who was originally supposed to be cast as either uh, Vermin or Cowboy and uh, Tony Danza. I think that would be uh, an interesting... I mean, because there's no age on this. We're talking to no. anybody at any time. It's a free-for-all. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to improve on this this cast, to be honest with you. The James Ramara I would keep because he was phenomenal as Ajax. He was so sweet when I met him a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, Such you, got a sweet my, guy. you got my poster signed I for did. me. It was very nice of you. I know. That scared the crap out of me if I lost that thing. <laughs> yeah, it was, I should have gotten it insured. Yeah, you should have. Bringing that to Philadelphia, I was scared that I was going to drop it somewhere. And the next thing I know, I had to text you that I lost it. <laughs> that would be a sad day. And it would, but it would just give me a, a, an excuse to go out and uh, get to another con and get some more autographs. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm afraid I can't completely answer that question right off the top of my head. But I gave you some, some of my fail. casting. Oh, shut up. Actually, you know what? <laughs> I do have one off the top of my head. Um, the guy who played um, the lead rogue there, Luther. I would have that be Charlie Day. And his, second, his second-hand man there is Lieutenant. <laughs> that would be uh, 
I love Charlie What's his Day. name? Shit. Mac from... Uh, oh, his... Rob name. McElhenney. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I would replace uh, David Harris, who's a very nice guy, t- likes to steal everybody else's uh, catchphrases. <laughs> I would say... Uh, I would replace him with Denai Guerrieri, who plays Michonne on The Walking Dead. I like that. All right, so what's what's your next question? Oh, I thought we were going to go back No, and no, forth. no, no. You ask all five. Oh, okay. And then I ask all um, five. So we probably should have covered this in rehearsal, yeah, but we didn't. Yeah, way to warn me. Oh, Second geez. question is, what is your most treasured possession? My wife. Aww. But if you're talking inanimate objects? Yeah. I don't know. That Warriors poster is up there, but I do have Ghostbusters signed by Bill Murray, and he was a, a phenomenally nice guy. Uh, so that might be, just because of the rarity of it, that might be number two. All right. You ready for number three? I am. We're going to do a little bit of marry, fuck, and kill. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) So, would you marry, fuck, and kill Batman, Deadpool, or (sighs) Spider-Man? Well, fuck has definitely got to be Deadpool because, you know, he seems like a sport fuck. Um, Mary, I'm going to go with Batman. I mean, even though he's... uh, you know, rarely around. The financial security is nice, so I know if anything ever happens to him, I'm, I'm well taken care of. Then uh, Spider-Man, I would have to kill him because he is 16 years old, and not only would that be uh, <laughs> wrong, that would be pedophilia right there. So uh, right. that's what I'm going to go with. I had a hard time trying to figure out the last one, so I just picked picked Spider-Man. No, that's All fine. Right. Um, number four, if you were to die and came back as a person or an object, what would you be and why? If I were to die and come back as a person or an object yes. well i would come back as a person because i like being a person like was there a specific person that you had in mind or no just anybody oh anybody i would i would come back as myself because i'm fucking awesome oh god really you asked me the question i gave you an honest answer that is a lame answer you're a lame right. answer you want the last one i do what three words would others probably use to describe you unusual nerd and uh unconventional and right. rebel. That is not what I expected you to say. Well, that's because, uh, as my catchphrase states, I am more of what you don't expect when you least expect it. All right. All right. So are you ready for your five questions? No. Well, I came up with several, and I just had to pick the top five of these. So here is uh, your getting into character question right. number five. There are five. You're going down. Five, four, three, two, one. All right. Yes. Would you rather attend Hogwarts or the Jedi Academy? Hogwarts. Okay. What is your favorite dinosaur? Uh, pterodactyl. The pterodactyl? The yeah. P is silent, like in P-psychology. <laughs> Would you rather have Doc Brown's DeLorean or Kit from Knight Rider? Oh, um... The DeLorean. Okay. Would you rather be able to survive in space or at the bottom of the ocean? You know, like with no suit or anything. Um, I would say the ocean, survive underwater. And uh, your question number one, you are captain of a small spaceship. You need five more people in your crew. Who are those five? Five people. Five, five any, anybody. 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 Um, you could have Kirk and Picard if you wanted. Fuck Kirk. I'm just saying you could. Um, I no would, restrictions. I would go with Picard, number okay. one. Number two, um, Star-Lord. Okay, Peter Quill. Yep. Uh, three. Damn, I don't know. Agent Carter, because I just love her. Yeah, she's very useful in space, someone from the 1940s. Yeah, That's why handy. not? Why not? I need someone to talk about how other people suck. Um, four. That's a, that's a requirement you'd have of someone going on a space mission? <laughs> I don't know. Why don't this you just is- get like Maury Povich or something? Uh, I'd also take Oprah. <laughs> All right, so who's your number five? I thought I was on number four. You said, oh, you said, uh, you said yeah, Picard. I'm on number four. Okay, four. So who's your four um, and five? Ash from Evil Dead. Okay, that's a good idea. He's got some experience with uh, dealing with unexpected you know, creatures. And for number five, Benedict Cumberbatch. Like the guy or yeah, like just one the of guy. the guy. All right. Um, I don't know how qualified he is to be in space. It doesn't matter. Your mission He's is gonna... not going to last long. I know it Every isn't. single one of your people, with the exception of Picard, is going to have to wear a red shirt. Yeah. See, I would choose, you know, some some uh, pretty obvious. Like, I would have Han and Chewie, you know. Ah, oh, shit. I would probably have Spock. Shit. 
Yeah. So Can you, I change my... No, you oh, picked. Damn it. You, you want Benedict Cumberbatch over Spock. Can I have Benedict Cumberbatch's con? No. You said... I asked you specifically. You mean... <sighs> well, get used to it, because this is just episode one. I know. <laughs> Shit. All right. With that said, I think we're going to go ahead and take a quick break and uh, kind of convene our thoughts, because when we come back... We're going to talk about one of my favorite characters of all time, which is why we're leading uh, the first episode with this guy. We're going to talk about uh, why my phone is vibrating. Really? But we're also going to talk about uh, Godzilla when we get back. Godzilla! Yes. So, uh, Johnny, when you're ready, send us away. I'm ready. Awesome. Send you away right now? Send us away. Are you guys coming back? We will. We will. Well, she might not. (laughs) I'll be here. I got nothing better to do. Am I sending you away in space or in the water? Uh, uh send me to the water. And I'm, will Benedict Cumberbatch be there? I'm very Maybe. buoyant, so <laughs> the water's probably better. Okay, I'm I'll, ironborn, so the water would be. That's true. Me. You are ironborn. Okay. I'll send you guys back, and I'll and, and I'll keep you te- tethered so I can pull you back. Awesome. Uh, all right. Thank you. All right. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Okay. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The okay. box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci. Deuce bad eggs. This is Johnny Wolfenstein from Trick or Treat Radio, and you are listening to Patsy the Angry Nerd and Agent Nicole on the Thursday Throwdown. are back i would like to thank our our good buddy rocky bowick uh for that song uh as uh, it's a really nice song i like it yeah it's uh known as dead river that is the name of that song uh check rocky out the next time you're uh, up in toronto um so as you can tell he is a very very talented musician really, but really uh, good. i like that a lot today we are we are time. We're, ugh, Jesus Christ! I am getting way to go. Content. Yeah, I know. I dropping the up. ball already. I knew I was going to fuck something up. Okay, I got the intro. I got through all the alliterative C's. <laughs> like that's what I was concerned with fucking up, and I just I screwed this up. All right, we are going to get into our conversation about Godzilla, uh, or as he is known in uh, Japan, he is known as Gojira, which Gojira! is a combination. It's a combination of the words uh, for gorilla and whale, and uh, really, yeah. You didn't know that? No. I didn't really do that much of a research, but I Uh, I Unbelievable. Unbelievable. If you didn't do that much research for the first episode, I'm I'm worried about the future. Okay. It's Uh, just the first episode. Calm yourself. This is is us putting ourselves out into the world. I know. Saying, don't judge us. Love us. And we're going to be judged now. Yeah. They're going to love me. And yeah, they're going to just ignore you. That generally seems to be what happens. <laughs> um, but yes, thank you, Rocky, for that, uh, that lovely song. Thank and, you, thank um, you. So yeah, if you're not familiar with Godzilla, um, you know, basically what he is, 
Uh, is it's up to interpretation, but if to look at him physically, he is uh, essentially a bipedal dinosaur, kind of like a T Rex with giant spikes all along his back, starting about from his shoulder all the way down his tail, uh, kind of like a Stegosaurus, mm-hmm. who uh, breathes atomic radiation. And he first appeared in 1954 in the self-titled movie Gojira. Gojira. Uh, which was then remade a couple years later in America. Uh, essentially, it was the exact same movie, but they uh, threw Raymond Burr uh, <laughs> into some of the scenes to make it a little more Americanized. Uh, basically, Burr was playing a uh, an American reporter who was, you know, kind of keeping track of what was going on. He was over there while Gojira was attacking Tokyo and various other parts of Japan. Now, what Godzilla actually is uh, has been up for debate for many, many years. Um, in his first appearance in 1954, which uh, you know Nicole and I both you know rewatched to make sure we really got some of the intricacies. You rewatched. I was watching for the first time. I've never seen any Godzilla movies. But you watched it a couple of times. Okay, I watched it twice. Yeah, so you watched and rewatched. I was technically correct. Stop being sassy. That's who I am. All right, then continue being sassy. Thank you. All right. So, now you derailed my train of thought. You're welcome. I'm going to have to look at notes and read shit. God damn it. Well, the opening of this film um, shows a, a group of group of guys out on a boat. You know, they're having a good time playing cards, playing uh, guitar. And it's a, essentially just a fishing boat. They're out there minding their own business. When suddenly there is this blinding flash of light. And everyone on board dies. There's you know fire everywhere. It's this massive, massive destructive force, and they have no idea what it is. This actually parallels a an event that happened in 1945, which uh, was Hiroshima. Yes, uh, the name of the boat was the Lucky Dragon Number no. Five, mm-hmm. and uh, there were a couple of survivors that you know made it to shore, and they you know were able to tell the story of what had happened and give their account, uh, and that was taken almost beat for beat in this film as the way of opening because the way Godzilla was originally depicted was he was a, uh, the representation of the atomic bomb. Yeah. Um, I figured that was like one of my questions I was going to ask is how, um, how the film, especially with 1945, the end of world war two, how it relates like Godzilla is that like the atomic bomb and all that sort of stuff. Well, the, some people, Go with the the they subscribe to the train of thought or the uh, the theory that he was supposed to have been awakened by the use of atomic weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of like as a representation of the prolif- proliferation of uh, atomic weapons that you know started off in in 1945. Um, others say that Godzilla is a personification of the bomb. Mm-hmm. You know, as you know, he's not something you can really fight against, and not something you know that's something that just causes unexpected. You know, it's un- unpredictable. You don't know what's going to do. Right. And it's, you know, just unrelenting destruction. Um, and others, other people think that he is supposed to represent the uh, the victims of the, the bomb itself. Yeah. Because if you look at him, you know, he's got the scarring all over him. Yeah. Uh, the texture of his body. He doesn't look like he knows exactly what he's... Uh, what he's going to do, he's just kind of like wandering around, you know, like many of the, the survivors of the initial yeah. uh, atomic bomb. And the biggest thing is he is an unknown creature. Like, no one knew who he was, what he was, the same way that no one in Japan knew what an atomic weapon was, you know, when it was first unleashed on them. Yeah. Um, I first saw Godzilla when I was a kid, and as a child, all I wanted more than anything, I asked for it every year on my birthday, every year for Christmas... Uh, I tried sneaking in some Hanukkahs in there until, you know, my parents are like, listen, we're not Jewish. I'm like, so that means I don't get presents on Hanukkah? And they're like, that's exactly right. I'm like, I don't think I like the way this thing works. So all I ever wanted was an inflatable Godzilla. He was about five feet tall. Uh, That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. One year. How old were you? I was like four, five, six, seven, eight. Like, that's all I wanted. I know you weren't born because I'm like 30 years older than you. (laughs) All I wanted was an inflatable Godzilla. And one year, I was 100% sure 
100% sure that I was getting one because I was like, you know, sneaking down. I kind of ripped open the corner of the package and I was feeling around. And yeah. I'm like, ooh, this feels like vinyl. You know, like a uh, like an inflatable pool toy, something yeah. like that. That's what I thought it was. And I felt around. Then on Christmas morning, I'm all smug and I'm like, yeah, this is this is my Godzilla I've been waiting for forever. And I opened it up and it was a bath towel. <laughs> Not even remotely fucking close. I was so disappointed. I had to be like, do you still want one? I have wanted one forever. And uh, my wife, uh, Miss Ashes Von Nightmare, is, you know, for our our first wedding anniversary, which is also our fifth total anniversary. Yeah. She was trying to find one for me, but Mm -hmm. they are so exorbitantly expensive. It makes me sad. It's just not on eBay. Oh, they're they're several hundred dollars. Oh shit! Yeah, well, they don't make them anymore. I'm hoping that with you know the 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 new uh, Godzilla films that are coming out, that you know maybe they'll be not to use a not to be a punny, but a resurgence in <sighs> interest in this. I'm tr- I was trying to think of a different word. I left my thesaurus at home, and you're dropping the ball, man. I'm a really good word guy <laughs> so but yeah back back to godzilla um when i first saw him i thought it was awesome i saw some of the uh the 70s movies mm-hmm. where they had kind of toned down his appearance to make him less terrifying they made like a total of 28 movies i read i like research that's a lot of movies on godzilla godzilla versus this person godzilla versus that person godzilla 1985 was one of the first movies i saw and that featured raymond burr it was supposed to be the american sequel to uh the 1956 americanized wow. version because um, you know he was brought in as like you know is a typical you know type of science fiction slash horror trope like i know about this i was there i saw this you know think about how jaws 2 was when brody's like listen i know i saw this shark i've seen this type of damage before nobody listened to him uh it was one of the first times i ever cried at the end of a movie when godzilla fell into a volcano spoiler alert um both my brother and i uh yeah we were very devastated when that happened but yeah, that was one of the first things. And then I got to see it. It was on TV all the time. Like Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, they would always show Godzilla films. And I just got hooked. Because first well, of all... I over 28, I mean. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I was a kid and I loved, loved dinosaurs. I mean, because what kid doesn't like dinosaurs? That's true. And, you know, I saw this guy. I was like, wow, this is a, this is a dinosaur that breathes fire? And I was just hooked because the way he was uh depicted was like this fun loving uh you know happy go lucky dinosaur with all these different powers like you know and he always would you know he'd go through a city but then he'd have his main battle out in the middle of nowhere so there would be fewer civilian casualties which i never really caught on to until you know i became an adult and i wish that was my favorite dinosaur growing up i was stuck with barney yeah, well, that's... That's sad. Barney is like the worst relative of Godzilla. I know, but that's really sad. Yeah. Like, well, I, I mean, rather you have... Didn't, you didn't have, like, dinosaurs. You didn't have Denver the Last Dinosaur. No. Uh, we had all kinds of dinosaur stuff as kids. Damn, I wish I was a little older. Well, that's your own fault. You well, know? it's not. Blame, blame your parents for that. <laughs> blame Iron for that. Yes, I'm going to blame my mom for that. Yes. Um, but yeah, he... Then, you know, as I got older and started watching more of these movies, I you can see the progression of how this character grew and adapted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we started off as just this unrelenting, unstoppable force. Like, didn't matter what you threw at him. You know, there's... Yeah. I'm blanking on the name of the film right now, but there's one where he gets... I think it was Godzilla versus Bialante, where he gets a... a uh, an asteroid dropped on him and he's just kind of standing there like that the best you can do. Yeah. It seems like over this past 60 years, you know, you got the small film at 1954 and then it he just seems like it he gets bigger as the franchise expands. He just keeps getting bigger and stronger and it's... Yeah, he, he gets a lot of different powers like as <laughs> as things go along, but that's easily explained as there's more than one Godzilla. Um, You see at the end of uh, the 1954 film, 
that Dr. Sarazawa and his oxygen destroyer mm-hmm. reduces Godzilla to nothing but a skeleton. And, um, you know, all they were worried about is, I can't believe Dr. Sarazawa killed himself and destroyed all his notes, so if there's another Godzilla creature out there, which yeah. there has to be, yeah. um, you know, we'll never be able to defend ourselves again because everything we threw at this guy, you know, we weren't able to stop him. Yeah. Um, actually, I have a question for you. So I was looking, doing research, because I do research. I am prepared for this. Kind of. Um, is Godzilla a female or a male? Because I know in the 1998 film... We don't talk about that. <laughs> we don't. No, no. The 1998 film... Uh, With Ferris Godzilla, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew Broderick. That film, uh, that's actually part of my notes. Hold on, let me, let me get to that because that film uh, is not considered canon because it was such a terrible film. It was done so badly. Uh, there's actually a film where Godzilla is, I think it's Destroy All Monsters or, no, Final Wars, I'm sorry. It was God, Godzilla Final Wars where uh, the plot of that movie is there's monsters attacking everywhere all at once and there's mm-hmm. this global defense network that... Uh, has been created to fight all these different kaiju, which is uh, yeah. you know means giant monster essentially. Yeah. So he's you know running around. You know, um, Godzilla is trying to defeat all these monsters, and all of a sudden they just start like disappearing. Yeah, um, I know that the creator of it. Um, I'm going to butcher his name, Hiro Nakajima. Yes. Yes. Um, I was. He was saying that he has no clue, and like. Well, now we can't really use the 1998 film because they say that he was asexual. Well, when you look at the the 2014 movie, which I think is amazing, that gave us, like you were saying, you know, every time Godzilla has a new incarnation, he's bigger and bigger and bigger. In 2014, yeah. when they came out, um, they they uh, there was a United States Legendary Pictures is the one that made that. Um, Toho was very reluctant to give up the rights to arguably the most recognizable monster in the history of film. Yeah. Um, especially him. after the 1998 film that, yeah. uh, in the, in the, uh, it was probably the most unflattering depiction that's ever been put on film. And I'm even talking about the one where the Godzilla jumps up and down over and over again, or <laughs> uses his atomic breath to power flight across a country, uh, or slides, you know, a mile on his tail to drop kick somebody. Yeah. This was worse. Um, Toho bought the rights to that character. Yeah. And in the 2004 film, Godzilla Final Wars, uh, that version was attacking the uh, Sydney Opera House <laughs> and was quickly, quickly killed by the real Godzilla. They only referred to it as Zilla in, uh, yeah. in the American films. I forget the name of it in, in the the Japanese films, but they did not refer to it as, as with, Godzilla. It was just that Zilla. film that came out two, two years ago, yep. right? Um, since I haven't seen it, will there be a sequel to it? There is a sequel. They're actually um, ramping up uh, a Godzilla versus King Kong remake. Oh, where well the the next year there's a film called Kong Skull Island with uh, Tom Hiddleston. And one of the things that they said they had to do is because the original incarnation of King Kong, he was only about 50, 60 feet high. Yeah. And even with the Peter Jackson version, he was, you know, maybe 70 feet high. Um, Godzilla is 450 feet in this last film. (laughs) So, well, depending on the on the uh, the estimate, I've heard anywhere from 450 to 550. So by the next film his head will be out basically out of space yeah you won't even be able to see he see won't him. fit in front in the yeah. frame um but no they have to seriously ramp up you know the size of of king Put kong steroids in him and jack him up i mean they're gonna have to i mean granted king kong has the edge in mobility and yep. and agility but godzilla you know as they say in the the uh classic godzilla versus king kong film yeah it's like fighting a flamethrower now, I recommend, if you want to go out and see one of these films, I recommend watching both versions, the American and the Japanese versions, because they're it very different. It does help. It does help. I really... It gives you more of a... a I, I love me some black and white films. I love black and white films. Mm-hmm. I love that kind of... Um, the way it is. And I 
not gonna lie, I was kind of tuning out watching the first film of Godzilla, the 1954. Yeah. And so it was kind of nice to have that backstory or like the American version of it in 1956. See, and it was I, really, it was really helpful. It, and I liked that they kept a lot of the same stuff. It was just in a different perspective. See, I disagree 100%. Um, the way I look at it is the 1954 version of this film. Now, this was up for uh, several Oscars. Well, the Japanese version of Oscars, yeah. the Japanese Academy Awards. This film lost out on Best Picture to arguably one of the greatest films of all time. And Wolfie, I'm sure you've seen this one, uh, The Seven Samurai. Oh, that's a good film. Uh, I have not, actually. That's It's one of my, uh, on my list of shame that Dynamo would give me a ton of shit for. How about uh, no, Magnificent Seven, which is, of course, based on that? Uh, correct. I have not seen that either. Really? Yep. Wow. But that's, you know, it's arguably one of the greatest films of all time. Yeah. Right, right. And that's what it took to beat this film because of the the sentiment mm-hmm. uh, regarding what Godzilla stood for and yeah, what Godzilla meant. Yep. So for the Americans to come in and be like, "Well, this is our perspective," like that's that sucks. Like, yeah. you know, you can't speak to the the you know the pain and the torment and the the yeah. the devastation that went on, you know, by you know. Because you didn't go through it, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's no, hard I, for you I to speak. I you know I That's do appreciate I do appreciate that film, and maybe it's just because I watched it late at night and I was just having a hard time. But it was a it was a beautiful film. Like it was produced beautifully. I just it was kind of nice to have that you know help like the Spark Notes version of okay. All right, Godzilla. all right. I you see what, what I you're mean? saying. Um, the way. Um, and that's the thing, like Godzilla being so iconic and because this film meant so much, like they went through a lot of different designs for for the creature. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, then it came to time time to build the suit. Yeah. And when they built the suit, um, the first time they used it, it snapped in half and, and the, the actor fell over because the suit weighed about 200 pounds and it was that's rigid a- and immobile and he uh, just, he, there was nothing he could do. Yeah. They actually took that and they cut it in half. They cut the the bottom half mm-hmm. from the top half that that had been shattered, and they used it for every scene where you know you see Godzilla just kind of stomping on things. Yeah, yeah. The actor was wearing um, basically suspenders holding that on and walking around, which was great because it was the suit was so damn hot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like that's. I, I wish I should get one of those so yeah. some way like jeez that got that poor man that had to be in that suit for how many how many days at the ship like uh, and hours a day nine yeah. ten hours a day and now because this film this creature is so iconic like they needed that iconic look yeah but the sound which I I would say is uh, one of the most iconic sounds in all of film like you hear that and you know even if you haven't really seen any yeah, Godzilla films, I tell. you know that sound and the way that they made the sound was they took a coarse resin coated leather glove and they rubbed it up and down a double bass and then they reverberated the recorded sound and that it's it's amazing what they were able to do and this is 1953 and 1954 yeah you know and the reason that they used uh, a suit was because they could have done it in stop motion because of the success of King Kong, and they actually had some people who worked on King Kong uh, working on this film. But in order to do it in stop motion, it would have taken them about seven years for everything that they wanted to do according to their storyboard. Yeah. And they just they simply didn't have the time. So they went with a, what they call suitmation, which I love. I love that um, they used a guy in a suit and one of the reasons I love the fact that they used a guy in a suit is that, you know, when you have a character like, you know, Indiana Jones, well, you can't just keep recycling Indiana Jones because Harrison Ford is not as young now as he was in 1983. Yeah. And, you know, you have to age the character up and eventually replace the actor. Well, when you've got a guy in a suit, it can be anybody. Yeah. Really, it's I like, mean, you you still have to get someone who can s- capture the the subtle nuances of 
the character and the weight of the costume too. Well, I mean, it, now it's not as bad as yeah. it was because there have been some <laughs> there have been some uh, improvements in the technology since then. Yeah, all that CGI. No, stuff. no, 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 not CGI. The, really? No, I'm not even talking about. Well, in the the two, 2014, it's it's CGI, but I'm talking about like the Before, technology yeah. of like the the Godzilla Resurgence film that comes out in July. Um, he, that's a guy in a suit. Really? Yeah, it's a guy. I mean, obviously there is some uh, some use of miniatures, some use of of CGI, but the work with the miniatures in this film was so impressive that uh, this is what inspired George Lucas to use miniatures in his Star Wars films. And you know, we all know how well that. I mean, granted, it was you know nearly thirty years later, yeah, and the technology and cameras and filming and everything had been you know greatly improved, but. That's what kind of got him to be like, you know what, I want to use miniatures uh, instead of using, you know, computer technology. Because at the time, computer technology simply wasn't, you know, where it is now. Yeah. Now, what, um, to ask you, what, um, what do you, how do you feel about Godzilla? What do you think uh, he or she represents? What do you feel like? Well, since I'm not very familiar with, like all those films, I only can go. I can only base my opinion on. Um, yeah, that's that's fine. Um, it's a confused creature. It doesn't know why it's there. What's going on? And like we said before, you know, it is. I feel like it is a metaphor to those victims who suffered in Hiroshima. You know, he represents them, or represents that whole situation where it's unpredictable. Anything can happen at that time, especially with during that time there was atomic bombs going off and you never know what's going to happen and that's what Godzilla to me is represented is you don't know what he's going to do he's unpredictable anything can happen and he's just a lost creature misunderstood all right um you know that's you know again that's that's your opinion that's certainly a viable opinion yeah um the way I look at him, because I have a little more experience with the films yeah. and I've been watching them for over 30 years, the way I look at Godzilla is that he has, or she, because you know we do see that he has a child, which is killed in Godzilla vs. Biollante, um, he is an unstoppable force of nature. He started out as being a representation of the atomic bomb, and then through the 60s and 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. you know, during the Cold War, when there was a constant threat of you know nuclear annihilation at any minute yeah um that's when he was representing the a-bomb and this is why they keep they kept changing his appearance they made him look you know in the 70s they made him look a little less frightening yeah. so he would appeal to children and then you know they kind of brought it back you know they gave him the sharper teeth like the the the, the eyes they made the eyes look different you know kind of more angry scary eyes yeah um but now i think what he represents is the real threat to Japan, which is, you know, natural disasters. Like, Godzilla is an elemental force of nature, like, you know, a tsunami or an earthquake, because it's just, like you said, unpredictable devastation at any time. Like, it's not because, you know, there's something, uh, you know, inherently evil about the creature. Mm -hmm. Like, in fact, in a lot of movies, we see him fighting for mankind. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Do we know if he's good or bad? I think he's just Godzilla. Like, I don't think there's a good or a bad about him. Like, yeah. Is know, he, he mankind's greatest threat or greatest ally? I think he's a little bit of both because, you know, a lot of films you'll see him, he's battling another giant creature or yeah. he's battling, you know, this, you know, uh, giant monster defense force or he's battling, um, you know, an alien species. Because Godzilla is the biggest, baddest boy in the block. That's yeah. just the way it is. I um, mean, if you're making 28 films of him, yeah, he's the baddest mofo in well, the because, world. Well, because people are, you know, you know, uh, the way I look at it is there's two ways to look at the conflicts that Godzilla has. Uh, one is either you want to be the supreme uh, badass and mm-hmm. you're going to come in and you're going to challenge Godzilla because you know he's the best. Yeah. And then the op- the other one is... You want to rule, so instead of just proving yourself against him, you have to kill Godzilla. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just simply uh, testing yourself against him. It's, you know, I have to kill so I can take his place. 
and you know Godzilla comes out fine every time. He's the 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 character of Godzilla has died multiple times. Yeah. Uh, but each time they either bring him back as a different version, and you'll see him with like new powers, new abilities, you know, yeah. new personality, a new look. Uh, other times. They'll just be like, oh, well, he died, but he's fine. Like, you know, at the end of Godzilla 1985, he falls into a, a volcano. But, you know, in the next film, he climbs up out of the, out of the ground because he's able to swim through tectonic plates or something. I, for, I forget the exact, the exact, uh, the exact uh, reason they gave for him. But so which God, since you are like the expert, well, not really the expert, but you know more about Godzilla than I, anybody I know. Which Godzilla do you like the most? There's so many different versions. Which one is the one that you really appeal to? Um, I like the original. Um, it's kind of a toss-up between the original and the most recent incarnation from 2014. Um, I mean, I dragged my wife to this because she knew I really, really wanted to see it. And she's like, all right, fine. You know, you can watch whatever. You know, I'll go see it with you. She told me she cheered at one point. <laughs> when Godzilla lit up his... Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been two years. If you haven't seen it yet. Well, that's me. I haven't seen it yet. Oh. When Godzilla lights up and uses his radioactive uh, fire breath, she stood up and cheered in the, in the, in the theater <laughs> because it's such an awesome, uh, an awesome sight to see, and that's such an iconic thing for him to do. And like the first time he roars, oh, my God. If you're going to ask me which is my favorite Godzilla movie, well, it's certainly not the most recent one because yeah. Godzilla clocks in about you know fifteen twenty minutes of screen time. It's like if you're if the movie is Godzilla and you are Godzilla, like you're complaining to your agent that you're not in the movie enough. It's like showing Rocky, you know, having a movie called Rocky, and then Rocky shows up. You know, for five minutes at the end to fight Apollo Creed. And yeah. you find out nothing. You're just going to see everything that's going on around Rocky mm-hmm. and, like, the people that are organizing the fight. Yeah. And then he shows up for five minutes at the end. You know, like, you might see a training montage for a couple minutes or he comes in to talk to somebody. And then at the end you see him fight. And, like, yeah. that's it. Like, that that would be a, a garbage movie. I wouldn't want to see that. Well, my follow-up question is, what is the worst um, adaptation of Godzilla that you believe is just like the worst. You don't. You just hate it. Like, do you hate the design, or the storyline sucks? I think one of the worst ones, and I'm, I'm trying to remember the title because there were so many different ones. But it's a, a movie about a little kid trying to overcome his bully. That's really the main like the, focus of the story. Yeah. And he keeps whisking himself off to imagination land, where he's talking to Godzilla's son, Manila. That's like mini Godzilla, like that's his name, <laughs> who is who looks nothing like Godzilla. He looks kind of like a, a lumpy gray astronaut uh, with a long tail. That's what he looks like. Yeah. Um, he's only a rudimentary dinosaur. And he's very small, and Godzilla is kind of pissed at him because he can't activate his fire breath. He kind of just like blows smoke rings. And the way the character is depicted, like the little kid comes up to him and is like, oh, how you doing today? He's like, oh, I'm just sitting around lonesome because I got no friends. And it's like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, that's literally the line, and that's how he sounds. Like, it's pathetic. The whole thing is him trying to learn how to fight, and yeah. Godzilla keeps putting him up against, you know, bigger... Uh, I think he was fighting Gabara, which kind of sounds like a if you were to take a cat that was meowing and kind of like shake it a little bit, yeah. that's what Gabra sounds like. Is this an early one or is this a late it's one? mid-70s, I believe. Okay. Because um, I know that... I think that... it's called Monster Island. Um, yeah. Well, um, I was when I was doing research, it seems like that's where the hype of Godzilla really expanded. Like Marvel took took over and made some Godzilla comic books and they, they had like Godzilla versus like the Fantastic Four and the Avengers and the Champions and all sorts and then kind of died down a little bit. Yeah, it's... um, You know, they've tried to keep bringing it back, like, you know, in all kinds of different different mediums. Like, I have, you know, the, the Godzilla PlayStation 4 game, which is yeah. awesome. I have... Uh, I've played the Godzilla original Nintendo game. Like, there's so much... Like, I have three Godzilla shirts. I'm wearing one of them right now. Yeah. You know, he's such an omnipresent character. It's almost like uh, the 
the equivalent of uh, the Universal monsters. Like everyone knows, even if you've never seen any of the films, yeah. like you can identify Frankenstein's monster, you can identify the mummy, you can identify Dracula yeah. just by some of these old pictures of them. Like you know who those characters are, even if you've never seen any of the films, which you know is tough to do. Like if you just showed like, oh, here's a picture of Matthew McConaughey. Like, oh, what character is that? Like I don't know. Um, but based on your on your uh, viewing of these two films, these two versions of the same film, I should say. Yeah. Um, which of those two would you recommend to people? I think there's nothing better than sticking with the classic, the original. Yes, I didn't have a good viewing experience, but, you know, I think stick with the original. Go with the first one, Gojira. Uh, for me, there's a few that I really, really enjoyed. Um, uh Godzilla vs. Monster Zero, uh, not Monster Zero from Trick or Treat Radio, a different guy. Uh, Godzilla vs. Monster Zero is an excellent one because it's the first time that he was really outclassed and needed to call in help. Because um, usually he's just able to do it himself. You know, Godzilla vs. Mothra, Godzilla vs. Rodan, Godzilla vs. you know the Smog Monster. I mean, name any one of these dozens and favorite? dozens. Versus King Kong versus Godzilla. Okay, Uh, that's one of my favorite ones because it combines two like great iconic iconic characters, and that's why I I say watch both versions because in the Japanese version, Godzilla wins. In the American version, King Kong wins because that's the respective property. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, one of my favorite effects is at the beginning of that film, there is a live octopus that is used, and they kind of superimpose a, a a whole bunch of like island people in running around in front of it. Yeah. It's like almost like a green screen but it's just like a projected screen. Mm-hmm. Um that's one of my favorite parts of that film, but it's it's a great fight. Um you know, when you're watching it obviously you 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 know kind of look past the fact like yes, these are guys in giant suits, yep. you know, slapping at each other and and kicking toy cars around. But the way they were done, um, I would say King Kong versus Godzilla, or Godzilla versus King Kong, again, depending on which what region you get. Yeah, what region you're getting it from. Um, Godzilla versus Monster Zero, uh, <laughs> Gojira, the original. Yeah. Uh, Godzilla 1985, and uh, the newest one that came out in 2014. Um, I would recommend watching those. I mean, Godzilla 2000 is excellent. Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Just I mean, not Godzilla from 1998. The 1998 is absolute garbage. I mean, even Jean Reno and and two Simpsons actors could not save that film. Harry Shearer, who actually uses his Kent Brockman voice because he plays <laughs> a uh, a reporter, and Hank Azaria, who I love that guy. at one point uses his Mo Sislak voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love Mo, uh, Moses. Like I love Hank Azaria. He's one of my favorite voice actors. But even those guys could not save the. F- it, it was wow. It was awful. I know your wife mentioned that she really hated the film, but the, like the costume, the way that Godzilla looked, wasn't that bad. They basically took. Um, they completely redesigned him. Uh, it, actually, in this one, it was a female because it laid eggs in Madison Square yeah. Garden. But all the eggs hatched, and it, they acted like the raptors from Jurassic Park, which is just a blatant ripoff of something else that's more popular. Yeah. When it's Godzilla, you don't need to rip anything else off. Yeah. Um, Calm down, Angreener. Calm down. No, like that, that drives Calm me crazy. Calm down. No. <laughs> um, yeah, it was... They kind of based the face on a tiger and an, and the body of an iguana. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And they put it on two legs. <laughs> and it didn't ever at any point have radiation breath, oh, which is like the signature of this th- like that was just like I was like, oh, "Okay, I can I can deal with this, but the lack of radiation breath, no, I'm done." Yeah. So those are our recommendations for media if you want to check out this character and you're not familiar with him or you are and you want to know some more. Uh, that's what we recommend. I mean, they, they're Godzilla, especially if you're a comic book nerd. There's plenty, plenty material. I know Marvel did some stuff, and then it went to Dark Horse, and now it's in um, IDW. I went to my favorite comic book store, and I saw some Godzilla comics, and I was, I almost got you one. Thor, Thor fought Godzilla, and uh, 
during the 90s, uh, Godzilla played Charles Barkley one-on-one in basketball in a wow. series of commercials. Did he win? I don't remember, to be honest with you. I don't remember how that one turned out. I wouldn't be able to tell you either. I was like two. But uh, <laughs> I think that's uh, that's going to wrap up this segment. Um, Johnny, why don't we head to uh, another break? Yes, I am thirsty. And uh, okay. we'll come back and uh, we'll do some feedback. All right. Awesome. This is Bobby Chains, Uncle Polly, and I'm the kid Tim Nice. And be sure to check out our podcast, Unchained, part of the Grand Guignol Network, available on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Really? God, self-promoting yourself all over the place. Hey, if you if you had a song that Tiny White did for you, you would put it on here too. Tiny, write one for me. Uh, folks, that was from uh, episode 68 of Trick or Treat Radio, All the Boys Love Larry Fine, which was uh, my first ever podcast. Uh, this is a kind of like a special features uh, post-credit scene. I had to make sure there was some silence for uh, that specific part. Oh, I love Mars so uh, much. Yeah. Dynamo, you are the best. Yes. No matter what everybody else says, you are the best. Um, so, I uh, I know this is our first episode. Yes. Uh, but we actually had a couple of voicemails that uh, folks left for us. Did you bribe any of them? I did. I did. Uh, one of them is my wife, and uh, I've been practicing. I hope she says she loves me more than you. She might. It's yeah. She did. She did text me before the um, we started recording, and she was like Team Agent Nicole, and I was like, that made me feel a little bit better about this because I've I've been nervous for weeks about this. So it was really nice to get that special love from your wife. Yeah. So, uh, so would you like to play the one from your wife? Yeah, let's go with the, yeah, the one from that. Ashes first. Ashes von Nightmare. I love her. She, yeah, I do too. She's, she's, <laughs> I hope you, you, you better <laughs> say you do. She's, yeah, you did say great. your treasured possessions was your wife. Yeah, I mean, she's not really a possession because, I mean, you know, you can't own a person, but... You'll die trying. I mean, that's what marriage is, so, you know, pretty much. <laughs> All right, let's hear from Ashes. Hello, you character connoisseurs. This is Ashes Von Nightmare, also known as Mrs. Angry Nerd. I just wanted to take this time to call in and wish you guys a happy inaugural episode. This is so exciting, and I am so freaking proud of you guys for doing this. I'd also like to take this opportunity to thank the Grand Guignol Network, because I don't know if you can hear what's going on in the background right now but that's silence that is absolute silence this is a house free from angry nerd rants and ancient alien conspiracy theories and shark exploitation and all of that crap so seriously from the bottom of my heart thank you thank you for getting patrick patsy the angry nerd out of the house out of my hair and creating this awesome silence that I am sitting in right now. It's absolutely wonderful. I, I am enjoying it. But seriously, guys, I just wanted to call in and say congratulations on show number one. I am so proud of you guys. Oh, wow. Thank you, sweetie. I hope she has some wine because I, I need to get her some wine to enjoy that nice and quiet, peaceful house. That poor woman. Well, what's messed up is, you know... 
she was like, oh, are you going to pick up dinner on the way home? <laughs> Bring me some dinner. This is what I want. Is that what you, she texted you a couple No, of no, she hasn't texted me. This was before, we, uh, before I left the house. No, it's funny. When, when she and I first moved in together, I told her I need to have a man room because I need, you know, my own space. Mm-hmm. So we needed a two-bedroom apartment. And she was on board with it. She said... I need a place. That's fine. I need a place to send you when I don't want to see you. And I said, "That's fine." It's like work because I'll I'll take a place where I can go and uh, not be seen. Yeah, that's why we hide you in the corner at work. I am. I am like way in the corner. She's back in the lab, so we're having parties in the back of the lab without you. Uh, it's like a mullet, you know. Business up front, parties in the back. <laughs> Uh, well, thank I, you, Ashley, for that lovely voicemail. That was really sweet. You are the best. And uh, Ashes is going to be on with us in a couple of weeks. Oh, I'm so excited. I am, too. She's she's never done a podcast either, but uh, if anything, she really? is not shy. So I know. Damn, um, I want some of that uh, confidence. Well, you, you'll build it up. You, I know. You've been doing fine. Um, I no, hear, no screaming barfies. At, at, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I heard there was also a, another email from one of my uh, podcast compatriots, Mr. Dynamo Mars. <gasps> That's Mars! true. Mars! Oh. oh, I'm excited to hear. All right. Well, here's Dynamo. Hey, Patsy. I am sure I'm not the first, and I know I won't be the last. But uh, this is me rapping at you, and I'm going to pass some gas. Uh, I don't know why I defined that, but I am in a uh, bathroom um, in Lemonster, Massachusetts, getting ready. Uh, I had to drag my ass out of bed today so I could uh, review The Conjuring for someone. And uh, I snuck away as Ed Lauren was uh, doing a rousing Elvis impersonation. Uh, Patrick Wilson uh, as Ed Lauren. But uh, anyhow, uh, I want to wish you guys good luck. Um, I think that the show is going to be great. It's cool. It's original. And it's sexy. And I am also going to call in the future and uh, leave some really long technical uh, voicemails uh, debunking your beloved sci-fi slock fest. Talk soon. Aww. You bring it on, Dynamo. Thank you so much for leaving I'm that voicemail. I'm going to be team Dynamo every time he come, he calls in and just debunks your stuff. Oh, I, I look forward to that. That was a really sweet voicemail. I hope he's doing well. Well, we're getting well. Uh, he was calling from a bathroom. I, I know. While watching a movie, I think he's doing all right. <laughs> I would like to thank Dynamo for uh, covering up the sounds of his bowel movements when calling in. Yeah, he doesn't always do that. Yeah, I pre- really. He must like you guys. Well, it's episode one. You know, he's going to save the good stuff for episodes down the line. Um, so this is the, the part of the show where we're getting uh, ready to wrap up. Yes. Uh, Nicole, do you have any uh, final thoughts you'd like to talk about before we uh, get into this week's throwdown? Oh, um, I wish I did more research on Godzilla. I wish I got to see some more um, films, but with work and personal life, I just didn't have enough time. You didn't have time to watch 28 movies? Uh, No, I don't. I told you about it a week ago. Yeah. Okay, Patrick. Come. Okay. You pissed me off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... Crap, now I lost my train of thought. Um, Something about how awesome I am? No, you're full of shit. Uh, no, definitely I will take the time to... Wa- well, not going to watch all 28. You I, don't have to. I got, No, I would never. Never. I have other shows. Attitude. I got Game of Thrones to worry about. Um, Only for another week. Actually, yeah. I know. Um, but yeah, no, I will take the chance. I'll definitely watch the 2014 with... Uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Yeah, they uh, play. Uh, and they don't Walt play White. siblings in this one. I know. Yeah, I know that they play a married couple with a child. That's a which little. is kind of creepy because they go they, from like making out on a couch to we're brother and sister. Hooray! I know the grown up Lannisters. Yeah. <laughs> but Spoiler no. alert! <laughs> oh, five sh- minutes into episode one of Game of Thrones. Damn it! Sorry, everybody. But no, um, definitely, you know, for a big monster i should really take the time but yeah i will i'll let you know in the future how i feel about Gojira. all right i would just like to say as a, as a final thought on on this character is 
you know, this was easily one of my favorite uh, series of movies growing up. And uh, while there are a lot of uh, swings and misses in this uh, series, there's also a lot of really solid contact and a couple of late inning home runs. So I'll leave it up to to you folks listening at home to make that distinction. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, leave us some comments on the uh, the Facebook page once you listen to this, and uh, send us some emails. You know, yeah, love emails, to hear from you. feedback. Let us know what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show. If you want me to get angry with Patsy, I will definitely do that. Make some more sassy comments. Let me uh, let me just look into the future here. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be a soothsayer. Uh, people like Nicole. Yes. People don't like Patsy. <laughs> wow, you really can see into the present <laughs> <laughs> and the past. <laughs> no, I'm excited. This is going to be great. I'm thanks, Patsy, for picking me to be your co-host in this. Well, I needed somebody that you know was going to be knowledgeable about these random things, and like you have a lot of uh, pop culture knowledge that I don't have, and I'm looking forward to hearing uh, your contributions. But now we are going to get into the throwdown part of Throwdown Thursday. Yes, this is exciting. And uh, we've been working on this for quite some time. Some of you folks listening may remember that uh, about a year ago, I uh, I started doing this where I would take fictional characters and match them up against each other and have people vote on them. So what we did was we took 16 female characters from uh, all different genres and we put them into four divisions. And the divisions are Guns Are Fun... Stick them with the pointy end, out of this world, and the supernatural superstars. So each week going forward, we are going to give you a matchup, and you folks get to vote on it. And then a few weeks later, you know, once we complete each round, we'll give you the uh, the winners of each round based on your votes. We'll put together a little short story, yes, uh, and we'll share that with all you folks so you can. Uh, Feel like a part of a show because that's what we want. We want you guys to feel like you know you're contributing because we want to hear from you. Yes, you know we're we're doing this because we love it, but we're also doing this because we know that this you know there really aren't a lot of shows like this, yeah. uh, if any. And so, it's nice to hear other people's opinions and their thoughts and and whether good or bad, it's good to hear. Yeah, you know everyone has a voice. We want you to to tell us what you think. If you think we're wrong, then we'll go fuck ourselves. You know. Um, I'm not wrong. Well, that's where you're wrong. (laughs) Uh. So we are going to start this with a matchup that uh, it's from the out of this world uh, division. And uh, we're not going to reveal anybody else that's in the uh, the brackets. We're just going to go one matchup at a time. And we're going to start with one that I think could easily be the final matchup. But our first two combatants now... The rules of this of this fight is they're using their own skill, their own abilities to match up against each other. Um, so the, no weapons, or do they have weapons? No weapons, just skill on skill. Smack some smack rounds. Um, you know, you're going to use your wits. You're going to use your intelligence. You're going to use every aspect of your character in order to outthink and outfight your opponent. Now you don't necessarily have to get into hand-to-hand combat, mm-hmm. but you know who do you think would win in a battle between the following two characters? And like I said, this could be this would easily be the final matchup, but we're going to open the battles with this, and that is Ellen Ripley from the Alien franchise, mm-hmm. and she will be facing off against Leia Organa Solo from the Star Wars franchise. Wow, we're going big. Yeah, this is these are two heavy hitters that could easily, you know, again be in the final. But um, that's what we're doing for this week. Now there is one last thing that I want to do, and Nicole, I know uh, you have some thoughts on uh, my my final segment. Oh, sh- really? You really going to do this? Because now I'm going to have to make my own final segment eventually in the future. Oh, jeez. Well, this is this is how I'm going to win more love than you. Well, I am going to uh, do a little thing because, as as Patsy the angry nerd, I like to I like to make people smarter. I like people to you know to learn things, and I love science. So we are going to end the show with. Patsy, the Angry Nerds, fun science fact of the week. Oh, boy. Oh, Johnny looks so excited for this. 
Poor Johnny. I got the mute button right here. <laughs> All right, but this will be a quick thing. This is not going to be like the diatribes I sent into Trick or Tree Radio. Uh, this is one quick fact. Um, at negative 388 degrees Fahrenheit, gases turn into solids. So wow. That's your uh, Patsy the Angry Nerd fun science fact of the week. We want to thank everybody out there that's listening. Yes, thank you. Everybody thank that you. send in voicemails. Uh, and, you know, hopefully we hear from you uh, in the future. This has been a good first episode. Yeah. So everybody, uh, we will see you next week yes, when we discuss week. Celine from, from Underworld. Yes, we will. You guys need a better sign off, no? Yeah. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I, I <was> like, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Say something angry, Patsy. Something angry. Uh, fucking stuff and shit. And, I don't know. That, that, that was, was lame. That was lame. <laughs> That was awful. (sighs) That was a terrible sign-off. I'm sorry. I will have something better for next week, I promise. Until then, be classy to everyone. And be sassy. Stay nerdy. Stay Stay nerdy. nerdy. There we go.